Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to the Silicon Valley Insider radio show and podcast. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Mike McDermott, who is the founder and CEO of FreshBooks, a billing and invoicing software platform that is used in over 100 countries. And we're going to be hearing about his story about founding the company literally in his parents' basement, but not in Silicon Valley, but in Toronto, where he's from. And we're also going to talk about why he decided at the height of their success that he decided to change the platform entirely and did it without the rest of the company knowing. So don't go away. In this week's tech news, TikTok, the Chinese short video, viral video maker that has been threatened to be shut down by the U.S. government. Uh, There's been a bidding war on the U.S. operations. We thought that Microsoft and then Microsoft and Walmart might be the lead buyer, but it was just announced that Oracle is the lead acquirer of the U.S. operations. It's yet to be seen that that's going to actually be finalized. It is definitely a head-scratcher because Oracle is not seen as a possibility in this um, acquisition of TikTok's U.S. operations. It wouldn't be unheard of because that's many years ago when Oracle decided to buy some microsystems, people were scratching their heads too. BlackBot, a CRM, Customer Relationship Management Software, used by many health systems and nonprofits for fundraising and keeping track of donors, uh, they had a 2.66 million volume people breach of data. And what's in the news is that they actually hired or paid off their attackers to not expose the data. That was the way they decided to keep it out of the news. And that's where more information is going to be made our way. Tesla and TMZ, the the media site, Tesla was announced that um, these three probably drunk drivers sitting in the passenger seats had their Tesla on autopilot driving them home and they actually made a TikTok video of that. Again, as a reminder, Tesla is not supposed to be fully autonomous. Even when you're sober, you shouldn't be using autopilot or solely rely on autopilot. These jokers did exactly that and they actually made a video and it's everywhere on the internet. And that's the tech news of the week. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. My guest today is Mike McDermott, who is the founder and CEO of FreshBooks. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me. So, Mike, super interesting background. I've known about FreshBooks for years. Uh, also, welcome from Toronto, Canada. How's how's that <laughs> out there right now? Um, well, we're st- you know like everyone else, uh, COVID is going on, so it, it could be better. Well, I do want to talk to you in a little bit about what's happening with COVID and and your business, but I wanted to get back to your backgrounds. As I mentioned, it's super fascinating. You you and your co-founders literally started in a basement, a a real actual basement. And we have that story in Silicon Valley about garages and basements. Tell us what that was like. What 
what was around that time? Because uh, FreshBooks has been around since 2003. Yeah, that's uh, when the fateful moment happened, happened and I accidentally saved over an invoice. Um, so yeah, we, you know, true story, three and a half years in my parents' basement. We had six people showing up every day by the time uh, uh, we finally got out of there. And, um, and yes, there's a, there's a big distinction between Canadians and Americans. Um, uh, you know, it is definitely a basement story because uh, the garage would be too cold. Uh, and so the basements are, are finished. I know that's not a, a thing everywhere. Uh, and so that's where that's where we got going. But uh, yeah, those were very, um, you know, started out, I, I used to run a, a design firm and accidentally saved over an invoice one day when I was billing my clients. And that was the inspiration for the business. And I, I didn't know anything about building a product company at that time. Uh, that, that, that was the, you know, that I was building, running a services firm and, uh, you know, and, and really, you know, helping people with things like website design. So software development, uh, and application developments, another whole, another whole thing from there. So there's been uh, quite a few lessons along the way. Well, thanks. I mean, I think that is a really good starting point. Uh, I'll compare it to a lot of times I talk about one of my favorite companies to have worked with was Cisco systems during the dot-com era. I was there twice. And in the late 90s, lots of employees and contractors, we had to build stuff because it didn't exist. And there's a company that was later called Chainlink. And coincidentally, I went to a company called Mercury Interactive that had acquired Chainlink or Quintana, actually, and they did project management software. So it's uh, like the age-old adage, necessity is the mother of invention. That's literally like what your team and these other folks popping all around the dot-com era. And now, especially today as well, uh, I work with a number of startups now as a mentor. And it's all about this. Um, one other example is, I'll talk about it more later, um, an e-com platform from a company that we mentor. The guy is an IBMer. He's like, switches to a import-export company. And he says, hey, there's a better way to do XYZ. And I'm going to go do it. So you over, uh, overwrote an invoice and you're like, oh, crap, now what am I going to do? And that launched your entire company. That's an awesome story. Yeah, that was the moment. So then it's been almost 20 years. What has the journey been like? I mean, in a compressed amount of time, what has that overall journey been like for you, kind of the ins and outs of being the founder and the CEO? I believe the company now has several hundred employees. Yeah, we're sort of 400 uh, hiring rapidly um, uh, at this stage. So, so, um, so, so, what's it been like? Well, um, I uh, I think the role is is one of uh, you've got to like challenge and a quest for you know personal growth, and I, I think that's that's probably <laughs> a good way to characterize the story all the way along. So various challenges and various opportunities to go ahead and, and, and grow myself and find new ways to do things. And so the, the company has been riding along that as well. And so, you know, we have, uh, that's, that's, you know, that it, in a nutshell, that that's what it's like to go from not knowing anything about an industry because <laughs> I, I wasn't an IBMer. I didn't know that the patterns and the models or that have the network to build the team or anything like that, you know, it didn't re- knew a little bit about internet marketing and not much more. And so we've just gone and tried to, tried to build things up piece by piece from for, for first principles. That's a great story. I mean, that's where true grit comes in and grit is really what drives uh, success for companies like yours. It, it doesn't matter. My personal belief is it doesn't matter whether you have the actual background or not. It's whether you can learn and take uh, something that you've identified as a problem and then move it forward. And I think that's where right now we're going to pause because we're going to get into more of that story 
I really want to talk about how you over the years incorporated lane thinking into your design, how you actually even rebuilt the entire platform while your company was in flight. And that's also something very difficult to do. And we can talk about that. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. My special guest today is the founder and CEO of FreshBooks, Mike McDermott out of Toronto, Canada. Uh, He's talking about his company's journey over the last 17 years. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about more. You can always find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider Radio Show and Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Koo. My special guest today is the CEO and founder of FreshBooks out of Toronto, Canada, Mike McDermott. So, Mike, my question for you this week is one driven from personal interest. Uh, as many people know, I spent four years at Intuit, little-known tax preparation and small business accounting software company, uh, but but all joking aside, the 800-pound gorilla. We talked about your history as the founder and CEO of FreshBooks, a, a very uh, widely used, also small accounting software, arguably the second best, second, well, I shouldn't say second best, but second most widely used platform in the world. And as everyone knows, I'm technology agnostic. What drove you at a time where we talked about how you started FreshBooks out of a basement, what drove you to take take on this sector when you had this looming giant of a company into it already doing this? Yeah, the thing that got me going was the need to scratch my own itch. I had a problem and uh, I had some rudimentary software development skills. And so I I tried to solve it. I think the the real question in there is, you know, why would you stick with it once you realize that 800 gorilla is there? And, And then how is it you're still alive today? So um, you know, all, all of those, uh, you know, are, uh, I think, you know, important and useful questions that, you know, perhaps folks can, uh, you know, uh, benefit from hearing some of my story on. So, so yeah, we, I, we really got going because I needed the product for myself. And then, uh, you know, pretty quickly, you know, learned there's this company that has a really dominant market share, uh, you know, like almost 100%. Uh, when you think about small business accounting software, like certainly 80 and um, and then, you know, the, the way that showed up, like we were so small and getting traction, we we, we made some really uh, important decisions early on uh, that were intuitive and not strategic, which were we were direct, direct to customer, whereas they're channel focused, they sold basically to accountants who, you know, distributed yep. the software to small business owners. And so that that decision to go direct because that's what I knew because my firm was helping people do internet marketing, you know, proved, proved to be a very important one. So we took a, a different go-to-market path and uh, we iterated on that like, like crazy. And so, um, you know, so, so we, we, we got going and we were getting people signing up. And so we had this, this progress and the, the, the 800 pound gorilla really showed up when we start to talk with, you know, investors or more established business people be like, you're insane. They're going to kill you. Uh, and, uh, and so, so that was interesting and, uh, you know, we kind of said, okay, noted, but we liked what we were doing. So we just kept going. I mean, I think that's the, the truth of it. We were really having fun. <laughs> we were learning it on. And the, the other thing to think about when we got started, I saved over the invoice in 2003, we launched in 2004, you know, by the end of 2004, we had 10 customers paying us. So we were, it was a pretty slow start. 
So you get into 2005, 2006. What, what's not obvious is Intuit was mostly selling box software still at that time. Mm-hmm. And they really, you know, the cloud, they kind of had to have a cloud thing, but it really was not a thing. And so we were, we were cloud first and we were attracting people who were really the early adopters at that point in time. And so that was, you know, part of our success was we were hearing from these people who really wanted to be using stuff online and, you know, loved our ease of use because we really came at it. We don't have an accountant selling it. So the owner needs to be able to sign up and use it. And that informed basically all of our design decisions and our approaches to things. And um, you know, that was enough to basically get us a wedge and a foothold. Uh, the, the only other thing I think that's sort of uh, relevant, and, and I think without those two things plus this third thing, we'd, we'd, be, we'd have been de- you know, done a long time ago. And the, the third thing was um, I had a, uh, an advisor just you know, give me some really good advice, which was just around vertical, vertical marketing. And so for like the first seven years of the company, we literally focused on one segment and that mm-hmm. was web designers because that's what I was. And all of our like online ads and all this stuff went to web designers. And if you think about that, you know, level of focus for that length of time, it seems nuts. And we signed up all kinds of people who were not web designers, but uh, we really clung to that focus and that, that helped us get purchased. And then what happens is you go and you know, grow from there. And obviously, you know, now we're in a, a very different position, but that was, that was the, that was the start. That's great background. Uh, I, I showed up in 09 and I showed up right when uh, Intel was transitioning from box to cloud. And it was fascinating because I was leading uh, the group that had to uh, basically recreate all of the relationships that would take us into the cloud, like data centers and other IT service providers. So we, we really did think of FreshBooks as um, something we were concerned about. And that, that's a testament to you. One question I, I had, again, on a personal level is how much did social media, like platforms like Facebook, come into play for your success? Well, I think, uh, you know, quite a bit, maybe less, less Facebook and things like that, though certainly helpful. But, but, you know, what really helped us was search engine marketing and, mm. and SEM, right? So we could go, you know, what happens, and this is, there's still a lot of analogies, but, you know, to go and get distribution in like Staples, you know, or with the accountants, we really had to go and fight the 800 pound gorilla. But to go get an ad placed on Google, well, you know, we could get the number two spot. Uh, just by you know five minutes by offering up a credit card and deciding to pay that much, right? right. And so uh, you know much easier. Well, it, it's interesting. I wouldn't say it's necessarily easier, but we were fighting a different shelf war. We weren't in the shelf at Staples. We were on the shelf on, on, on sort of Google, and and we had some some skills and some knowledge with how to go ahead and do that. And it's a little more democratic to get involved. Let, let's just say so. So we we did that, and and we could make the economics work because we were built for a direct experience, and and they and others really were built for accountants. Um, and so all of that stuff, you know, worked out nicely. But but more so than Facebook, what what really helped us, I think, in the early days was, um, you know, we were very thoughtful and, and I would say strategic around how we participated in the world. And so we would go to conferences and really try to stunt them and things like this, so people would talk about us. And so the social media that really actually helped us was almost pre-Facebook stuff like blogging. So we got involved with blogging. And it was bloggers who, you know, were starting to establish readerships that were larger than like newspapers and certainly local newspapers. And, and they would, you know, find something that we did that was interesting. You know, maybe it was a great customer service story. Like uh, we sent some 
Triscuits to a customer in Fiji one time because they were complaining about a blog post that we wrote where they, you know, we had Triscuits they couldn't get. So we sent them some and, and that ended up getting, uh, you know, sort of virally shared around the internet. So, so really blogging became a, a big thing. Um, less, you know, less kind of Facebook or paid ads there, but, you know, word of mouth certainly did, did travel there for recommendations and things like that. I'm glad you shared this insight into how uh, FreshBooks took on a company like Intuit, because I think all of that is still relevant a decade later, especially with up and comers. I've been blessed to work with very large companies who are dominating first or second position in every product they've been in. So at the time, Wells Fargo, Cisco, Intuit, Bank of Tokyo. But as I as I mentor startups, and they're the ones that are ankle biting at these established companies. And in some cases, they're creating entirely new markets. I think that your story is still very relevant and um, applicable today. And it's great that you had this background in agency, which I did not know at all, because <laughs> I can see how that really then helped fuel. So you've created a product, um, you have you, you have to go up against an established player, but you're, you're basically doing guerrilla marketing. You're, you're pl- doing, you're using strategies and tactics that they're not using at the time. And that really helps propel you forward. And that is right. That is right. I guess I'll throw in one other strategic choice that we made and we sustain today. So we, we target more verticals than web designers today, but we did make, we did make a choice when we built our software. So we built it for owners and not the, the accountant channel. That that's a huge number of changes, but we also decided, hey, there's market segments and verticals you're not going to go ahead and serve. Okay, so we said we're not going to. I call it our "not for everyone" strategy, right? It's like we're not we're really not for all small businesses. We don't really do retail at all, mm-hmm. right? There's no there's no retail, really no restaurants, at least the POS side. Maybe the catering side of the house we take care of, but the, the restaurant side and and it kind of where our POS is involved, we don't do. And so what that meant was, okay, a huge percent of the market, like more than half the market, is, is more service-oriented in nature. They, they have clients, you know, they build them, maybe somebody, a tradesperson comes to your home or your lawyer or your web designer or what have you. And we just, we just really focused on those segments to the exclusion of all others. And they have certain problems around, you know, building their clients and collecting money that are just different than other segments. And, um, you know, you, you can look at, look at Shopify, great, you know, success story out of Canada. So we're Canadians. I mean, they went and said, okay, we're going to take care of the commerce, you know, segment and, and uh, you know, start to bleed into retail. And that's awesome. And they obviously had enormous success. But, you know, we did something different. We said, hey, we're going to do accounting software, but not, not for everyone. And I think, I think that helped us because we had limited resources compared to the others. You know, we could build more affinity because we had a product that was a better fit. Married up with our marketing, which is direct donor, and these were people who would go and choose to use stuff. So, so these choices that you know, in many cases, were intuitive, become strategic things to stick with, or to expand away from over time. And I think, I think those deliberate choices are kind of you know what you know what keep you, you know, progressing and being successful, or or can thwart your efforts as you either spread yourself too thin, or don't 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 spread yourself out fast enough. Well, Mike, we're out of time in this segment, but thank you so much for sharing this background and insight. I think it's very helpful for anyone currently thinking about where they're taking their business. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. Special guest today is Mike McDermott, founder and CEO of FreshBooks. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about FreshBooks and how people get engaged with the platform, how people are using it and other use cases. So don't go away. For questions or comments on today's program, call one 888 828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider 
Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to the Silicon Valley Insider Radio Show and Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Koo. And on today's show, we have Mike McDermott, founder and CEO of FreshBooks, the billing and invoicing software used in over 100 countries with millions of users. And we're talking about his story of why he started the company and why he changed their product when it was successful. So don't go away. On this week's Cyber Tip, I came across a very interesting article on NBC News with the headline, Google tracked his bike ride past a burglarized home that made him a suspect. So there's a term called geofencing. As I've spoken about many times, companies like Google and Apple, iPhones, Android devices, fitness monitors, they're all tracking you at all the time. And you've usually opted in by default to do that. So this guy actually was riding his bike many times around his neighborhood to get fit. And he wanted to see his laps and he was tracking it. Well, at the same time, one of his elderly neighbors was being robbed of her jewelry, her cash. And so uh, a few weeks later, got a knock on the door or got an email from Google saying that the government wanted to talk to him. The detectives wanted to talk to him. He responded, and it turns out that because of how many times he was around the vicinity of the crime scene, that the search warrant that was placed on Google for any devices that could be pertinent to the investigation, he showed up as a person of interest. And his parents gave him money to hire a lawyer to help combat that. And uh, the punchline is this. He got off. The data that was stored in his phone also exonerated him. But the privacy issue still remains. And so this is just a warning that when it comes to your devices, your smart devices, geofencing, which is data being scooped up at all the time, and you might really want that to happen, just be aware that things that happen around you, like a burglary or some other criminal activity, you might get called in for questioning because that device places you at the scene of the crime. There was another case in Arizona, I believe, where a murder suspect who was also exonerated, it was for the same reason, his physical proximity to the crime scene made him a person of interest. So that was just an awareness tip. And that's the cyber tip of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, my special guest today is Mike McDermott, who is the founder and CEO of FreshBooks. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. Great to be here. In the beginning part of the show today, we covered Mike's background, FreshBooks established in 2003, literally out of the basement of his parents' house and how a simple error in overriding an invoice really launched this idea, this brainchild to create a small business accounting software. And then not only that, at a time of taking on an incumbent that would be considered the 800-pound gorilla, one of my former companies, into it, and how they've really thrived. So, Mike, I, I really wanted to start off with the basics. What is FreshBooks? FreshBooks is a ridiculously easy-to-use invoicing and accounting um, software that's based in the cloud, so you can use it on your desktop browser. Um, you can use it on your mobile phone, whether it be Android or iOS, and globally available. Over 20 million people have used it since we started. We've got paying customers in over 100 countries. The things that make us different are, I built it for myself. I saved over an invoice. I did have a background in, in, in business through school and things like that. But I was also like a web designer. And so we built it for me, a web designer, the owner. 
that single choice is probably the most profound choice we ever made for the company. Uh, so instead of trying to go ahead and build it for accountants, because that's what most accounting software is, like fun fact, which I did not know is some staggering percentage, like call it 80%, and that's my number, not not theirs, of small business owners using an accounting software like a QuickBooks, like do not log into their accounting software, right? The accounts are like, don't touch it, stay away or what have you. And so what we really are is like an owner uh, oriented software and you know the owners go in and do stuff and so they'll create invoices send them to clients send out estimates you know kind of work that whole thing and so we, we built it for not all of the small business community we I, we don't serve retail we don't serve restaurants and the idea there is these are really non-inventory or light inventory based businesses we have a light inventory capability uh, but not a, a serious one and so that just lets us keep the product super simple we don't need to worry too much about fussing about you know deprecation or job order costing and, and some of these things that just end up making software very complex. So we keep it simple and we focus on segments that have concerns around time and billing. And so you think about agencies and law firms and you know tradespeople and and things of this nature that um, really do make the economy kind of go. You know, it's the majority of the the economy. Uh, maybe a recruitment firm or you know a web design shop or a marketing agency. These these are the firms that we we serve and and we focus on the use cases and workflows that they really need. Like I need to send invoice out, have my client approve it, go ahead and uh, turn that into an invoice, bill them, collect payment electronically, ideally, and then get good reporting on this. Because a lot of people were doing this stuff when we started out, and it's still true, sadly using Word and Excel and Google Docs and stuff like that, which is just a terrible way to do it. If you're still doing it that way, you just, you have to stop. Um, It's just, it's bad for your business and you just need to, you know, invest in yourself just a little bit. And this is like a foundational system for you, right? It's, you know, your finances. And I promise you, if you use our offering, we'll end up saving you time, which is about the only thing you have when you're a small business owner. So make the most of it. You know, that's kind of what the product is, how it's a little bit different. And so we just focused on ease of use. I like to say, I can't remember if I said off the top, it's just ridiculously easy to use. You don't need to know accounting to be successful using our offering. And we'll get you ready for tax time, plus help you, um, you know, send it and make sure your cash flow is going because you're going to get your invoices out the door um, and, and collect payment faster and easier. That's fantastic. And then I imagine because we are all still living in the the pandemic, the fact that you didn't focus on retail or restaurants, uh, your your business is probably very resilient right now. No, that's right. And so I I have, well, you can call it fortune or what have you, but you know, we we saw ourselves through 2008 and saw things behaved and we've seen ourselves new through COVID as well. And and we're actually, you know, experiencing, you know, very good, uh, continue to see good results. Um, But yes, like we're, we're focused on segments that are less directly impacted uh, by COVID, which is a happy accident. Like I, you know, I did not foresee a, a global pandemic. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I can't, I can't say that I did. Uh, I won't say that I did for sure. And um, uh, yeah, we, we, we've had good fortune, but yeah, the business has been resilient. It's, you know, subscription business model, which is nice with a, a payments, uh, you know, part of our, our business as well. And, and together the two, uh, you know, just work really well for our customers. That's great. So, in terms of what's next in store for FreshBooks, any changes, anything on the roadmap that is, is different than what you're doing right now? Yeah. So as a rule, we, we don't really do forward looking statements. Of so uh, yes. I can't speak, uh, you know, in, in any kind of specifics there, but, um, but we built a new platform a few years ago and the, the velocity of development has been extraordinary. And so over this year, we've, you know, literally put out like 
hundreds of software releases, almost as many like full-on new new capabilities. And so we're going to keep up that, that path. And I, I think the way to think about what we're, we're doing now is, is uh, we're continuing to serve the segments we serve, and we're helping some of those that have been with us for a while and want to scale with us, scale. And so we're bringing more of the accounting, like there's a whole continuum of accounting, like all the way up to an ERP system or Oracle, like it's still, you know, it's still accounting. And we, we don't want to be doing that at all. But, you know, we've sort of focused on serving businesses classically of, of less than sort of 20 employees. And we're starting to, you know, add some more of the uh, the controls, if you will, the, so that people, you know, who have, you know, you know, greater revenues and want a more robust system can can effectively stay with us and continue to grow successfully with us. Yeah, and I'm also fascinated because you, you're not trying to be a fully encompassing accounting system. How did you get into over 100 countries? I, I have listeners in over 130 countries. How, do you, how did you decide? Was that intentional or was that uh, more of a, as you progress the product, hey, we can apply our, our product into all these different jurisdictions? You know, again, I'd love to tell you I was, a, you know, a, a total genius. You know, like a lot of the stuff is like, you know, now, now I literally have helped start a couple of the companies and, and it's at the whiteboard. But back then it was, you know, we were just solving our own problems. And, and be, because we went to the internet and because we bought banner ads, um, you know, people found us, right? So somebody, you know, in Australia, let's say, would be reading a, a web design or development blog because those are the segments we were serving and be like, oh, I should go try that out. And because it's the internet, they could do that. And so we were not to, our product can be used anywhere in the English speaking world today. And that is, you know, there's a lot of countries that have English speakers within them. And and so so you can become a customer uh, of FreshBooks anywhere uh, today. And so, and we, one of the things that kind of new and different for us is we've gone ahead and sort of formally launched in a whole bunch of new markets like the UK. And we've got, we've gone this, you know, past 12 months from offices in, in just Canada to now, Rally, North Carolina, Amsterdam, a growing number of people in Croatia as well. So, so we're becoming a much more international company, uh, going and serving you know more markets in, in more ways. That's fascinating, and I, I think that's a really good approach. What's one story you've never told in in all the interviews and and blogs you've been in about FreshBooks or yourself? Well, I will. Uh, I will tell you this: that uh, usually when I tell a story I haven't told before, it happens by accident because I get rolling on something, and now you're just asking me to come up with something. So, uh, you're you're making me think. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know that uh, off the cuff I have a one that I haven't told before, but I think you know, getting to our design centric nature as a company, because that's where I came from. User experience is kind of the way. You know, we were pretty innovative in the basement days of how to really get customer feedback, like. I, I came to understand very easily that, uh, or very early, I should say, that you know, you thinking your product great is great is is really worthless. It's really all about the customer. And so, you know, we were there in the basement, like dreaming up all these things we could do. But you really have to get it in front of people, and it wasn't easy to know how to do it. There's services for software, you know, like UserTesting.com now that that are just incredible for putting stuff out there and having people test them. But we used to, um, you know, just a fun little story. But we had IT, a lot of IT folks, like home computer repair people, were were like a target segment, and um, <laughs> we uh, we literally started calling them and saying, "Hey, we've got a broken computer," and then they would they would come to the house and come down. And we'd be like, "Actually." we're going to pay you just like we have a broken computer, but we have this piece of software. Would you try and use, let us do you think? And we had all kinds of creative ways to, uh, to make sure we were close to the customer. We understood their needs and how they, they thought about the world. 
Well, Mike, I really enjoyed having you on the regular part of our show today. So thanks for being a guest here. I, I don't want anyone to go away because when we come back, we're going to talk about what it's like to replatform a successful business model while you're actually running that business. And so uh, I appreciate you sticking around. And so when we get back, we're going to have more of Mike McDermott, founder and CEO of FreshBooks. We're going to talk about what it's like to change your entire software platform. If you have questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider, radio show and podcast. I'm your host, Keith Koo. My special guest today has been Mike McDermott, CEO and founder of FreshBooks. So early in the show today, Mike gave his background, the history of FreshBooks, how it took on an 800-pound gorilla in the space of small business software, and how he has definitely seen the growth to over 100 countries being used today or in use today. Uh, Mike, what I did want to talk to you about on the pivot was that at some point, you and team decided, I think it was more you than anything, decided to re-platform, which is actually changing the entire environment out of a successful working software as a service platform. Why did you do that? And what were the results like? Yeah, no, that that is right. We uh, we decided like it, it's called a rewrite in software land often, and it is um, it's also uh, you know sort of documented as the worst strategic mistake you can make at a software company. Uh, and I, I can tell you, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for that point of view. I just don't know that it's you know 100% true 100% of the time. So. So yeah, we, we got to a place where we had started the business um, about a decade before. Um, we had made a series of choices then that were you know, basically technological in nature. Um, we were not a we were not a band. I had not worked in the software company before. My co-founder was a, a professor of computer science. And a great, you know, programmer without having any formal training in the matter, right? He was, <laughs> he could get a lot done, but he, he did not know, he was not a, a student of the craft. Uh, and it was an emerging craft in many ways at that time. It was not, there was not as much information about how to go ahead and build, you know, applications and things like that as there, there is today. We got, we got going and, you know, fast forward 10 years and you realize, oh, the architecture of the application is, is really poor. And so that needs to be resolved. And you don't necessarily have to do a rewrite. You can do these things where you just work on it iteratively and refactor. But, but we had that going on. And then the real thing that was a big deal was our, our just what's, you know, without getting too technical, but the stuff you look at, so the front end, then the back end, which is like the kind of brain of your, your software application, they were kind of, the code was glommed together. And we knew that we wanted to make some really significant changes to our front end, because in 10 years, consumer expectations had changed so much, mobile devices were a bigger thing. And uh, so we really needed to separate those things. And we just decided, you know what, you know, the best path is gonna be to go ahead and rewrite most of this thing. So that, that's a bit of context. Um, now, the problem with rewriting a piece of software is effectively your, your customers may not like it as much. Right. And, and so it's a huge risk. And you won't really have a good way to know because your engineers are going to love the new thing. 
And your designers are going to love the new thing because it's their baby. But the market may have a very, very different opinion. Uh, plus, you know, while you're spending all your time building the new thing, your competitors are progressing and all these kinds of things. And so the, the punchline is we had to basically put our heads down, try and rebuild this whole new thing. And I, I've always been concerned with stealth and secrecy because Keith, your former employer, you know, has people who watch what I do every day. They'll listen to the show yeah. and send notes back to HQ. Oh. It's oh. it's bizarro land. They've heard me say all this before, so it's it's just fine. Or at least this this parts of this part. <laughs> uh, not that it's. Uh, we basically had all these problems. I wanted to not have them follow us. I wanted to make sure that the product was actually better, like empirically. We were going to launch in like a market that we weren't big in already. Uh, like Germany and, you know, and, and get a new language in there and all this stuff. And what we decided to do instead was, because there were compromises with all these paths, what we decided to do instead was create a new company and compete with ourselves. So we put the new application out under a new name in no way tied to us, call it Bill Spring and, and watch people sign up for it, use it, you know, understood the performance of the application. And then, you know, after a period of time when it was ready, that became the new FreshBooks. And we've been building and progressing it ever since. Yeah, that's a great story. Uh, when I learned about it and read about it, you didn't, I mean, it was such a stealth concept. You didn't even let your own employees know. You you set up an entirely new legal entity. You basically made it look like something completely unrelated. You took great care to make sure that it was seen as completely separate. <laughs> that's right. It's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's Trojan horse. It's something like that. It was great. And the whole company, we did share it all internally. The company kept it under wraps for, for about 18 months, like 200 plus people, which is pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. We got a lot of buy-in with people, but it was a heck of a time. And, you know, what I'll, I'll, I'll compare it to is um, Cisco, which is um, what most people know me to have worked for. When I first joined in the late 90s, we were already trying to figure out how to uh, unify all of our different versions. And, and Cisco to this day still owns the trademarks for iOS, not iPhone or not Apple and iPhone, not Apple. And so here we are another 20 years later and that's never happened. So the, to, to talk about how difficult it actually is to rewrite software and to have all of your customers and employees shift to it, that's really a testament that you were still in a position, you and team were able to do that. So that hats off to you. Yeah, well, we, you know, literally six weeks from the end, we didn't know if we'd get there. So it was, uh, it was harrowing and exciting. Uh, I saw just extraordinary performance and innovation out of our, our, our team during that time. It really is a, a way to catalyze people, but it is not for the faint of heart. So Mike, if anyone's interested, they can go to freshbooks.com to find out more about your product, correct? Yeah, please do. Anyone can uh, create a free account at uh, freshbooks.com. Please, please go check it out. So, Mike, we're out of time. Thanks again for being here. Love to have you come back sometime. Great being here, Keith. I'd love to do that. Thanks very much. So, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. My special guest today was Mike McDermott, CEO and founder of FreshBooks out of Toronto, Canada. Email us at info at svan.biz for more information. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 